Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk. It is a Saturday morning right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Hey, happy Saturday to you. Great to have you along for the ride today. Boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. Got a lot to talk about, a lot of things going on here in the state of Kansas and abroad. We'll get to all that, get your phone calls. We have a lot of great guests to chat with today. Welcome into the program, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the show, we'd love to hear from you. We have some open slots for you here in just a little bit. All of the show today, as always, on a Saturday, presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. They're still like the only people in the entire state that actually has inventory. So if you're looking for your gold and silver, that's the place to do it. They're opening up in about 20 minutes from now and open until 2.30 this afternoon. Also online, it fills coins.com coming up on the program today. Really excited today. So we have a lot of crazy, weird issues going on, of course, with the vaccine mandates that we'll get to here in a little bit with some uh, budgetary issues that we'll get to here in just a little bit as well. Stephen Johnson, he is a state, rep- a state representative and candidate for state treasurer. He'll be coming on the program at the bottom of the hour. We were going to have Chris Kobach, secretary of state, former secretary of state on the program, but he is traveling. His flight got delayed last night. He's traveling this morning, so not able to make it. Not a big deal, but uh, State Representative Stephen Johnson, he'll be with us here in just a bit. Next hour, Kathy Bond, candidate for USD 259, District Number 5 for the school board. She'll be joining to talk about the campaign, the last big push going into election season at the beginning of November. So we'll get to all that here in just a bit, but right now, the man himself. We do it every couple of weeks. Excited to have him back in studio with us. From Phil's Coins at 9344 West Central Avenue, Mr. Phil Martinez. Phil, how are you, sir? I'm fine. It's good to see you. Yeah. Good to be seen. Yeah. It's always good to have you in. in, It's always fun to have the conversation. I get a lot of response when you're on the show because not only do we talk about the gold and silver and the economy and the markets, but, you know, also getting your flavor of politics as well. So we'll have to throw that in, too, because, (laughs) you know, crazy, wild, radical positions that we hold, right? Uh, That's just the way it is. You know, (laughs) If you don't like what I say, I'm sorry. I'm entitled to say what I believe, and you're entitled to say what you believe, and I'd fight to protect your rights to say what you believe, whether I believe it or not. So we're all entitled to our opinions. What a radical you are. What a radical. That's right. I'm not bad, though. No, no. I may not be Andy Hoosier yet. (laughs) There we go. There you go. Taking it to another level. There you go. Absolutely. That crazy fringe guy. I tell you, let's start off with the market. Silver wrapped up on Friday up 22 cents, 24.39 um what's uh, that's a little bit higher i remember coming in and this is i guess a couple years ago last time i bought some silver from you right now which i need to get back i keep telling myself i i I go home and i tell mrs voice of reason i go hey we need to go back and get some more silver because like we probably should start stocking up again and she's like yeah "Yeah, that's a great idea and then we just haven't but uh it was like 18 bucks last time we went in there so it's gone up a little bit yeah silver has been running dropped down in like 2180 yeah and then it slipped back into 22 and then it's it's jumping, so basically it's almost up every day for the last week. Mm. So it slipped into the 24s. Uh, premiums on some of the stuff, like Silver Eagles, the premiums are getting ridiculous, and some of it you can't even find. Uh, I, bought an, I bought an extra 1,500 Eagles the other day just for the fact that I got a good price on them, and I know the premiums are going to jump another dollar or two pretty quick. And so, you know, the Type 2s are gone up, the Type Type ones, Lord, are up to like forty bucks already. I think those have potential to be one of the rarest silver eagles that the government ever produced. Sure, they're just going to be. It's going to be a short print. They're all pretty good shape. So 
I, I don't know. I think that that's, I hate to tell tell anybody to buy them as an investment, but for the difference, for the difference you're talking, you're talking a couple hundred dollars difference between type ones and twos. So maybe the type ones might make you some really great money. Yeah. But uh, right now with things starting to change a little bit, I don't think I'm going to see $40 silver this year like I predicted. I really believe we'd see that. Yeah, you've talked about that for a while over the last year or so that it's going to, you think it's going to get up there eventually and this year could have been potentially the year, which I think, I mean, it's climbing. Whether it hits that high or not, I'm not sure, obviously, but uh, I mean, we have inflation going right now. We have a lot of higher prices. It's getting harder to get the silver. I can definitely see $40, $50 silver in the future, it's just whether it happens this year or potentially next year, based on how this federal budget issue goes, based on how inflation goes, based on interest rates that are going, uh, everything's kind of tied in right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, right now, the only thing holding silver back is you've got a couple of banks trying to short contract it. They shouldn't have enough power to do it, uh, but uh, they do like kind of whatever they, can they sit want. Sit there and talk about, you know, right now. We were we found a new supplier and he was doing really well about keep you know about every two or three days we'd order it in and we'd have it in you know two days a week, and even now even him even he's out to about three to four weeks, and uh, they've literally quit supplying it wow. all the customers they had except us because we buy so much silver they can't buy enough silver hardly to take care of us sure so especially you know you got so it, it's it's really crazy right now. I mean, we got in uh, 2,500 ounces yesterday. I sold all of it in one day. And the other day, and the other day, I got in 8,500 ounces of silver on a Tuesday. And by Thursday, we we'd sold all of it, and I was I was getting back into my safes. Oh my gosh! We carried 26,000 ounces of silver in stock, and we were down to 3,000 ounces the other panic day. Panic buying? Do you think? Huh? Is it panic buying? Is that what it it's seems like? It's been consistent. I mean, a couple weeks ago. We, we were doing, I mean, God averaging $60,000 a day in sales basically on silver. And then about last week it kind of dropped off, and, and I thought, okay, well, maybe it's kind of over, and I started getting some silver in. I thought, well, maybe I'll start getting my silver built back up. And then we did over $100,000 yesterday. Wow. So, I mean, it's uh, the, the, the people are coming in, and they're not, I mean, we're not. We're seeing a lot of nickel and dime buyers. You know, one, two, three, four, five pieces. But it's sure. not uncommon to have somebody come in and drop twenty, a lot. thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Wow. I mean, you know, ten thousand dollars is almost almost a daily thing. just a normal thing. Yes, yeah, well, th- that really changes my conversation because I was thinking right now we have the quote-unquote currency transaction report. We've talked about this before, about you reporting certain things to the IRS based on transactions. Right. And right now it's sitting at $10,000 on a penny for the banking stuff uh, for cash. So uh, my question was going to be with the IRS now wanting to go in and uh, monitor transactions $600 or more, which is what is in this federal budget if it ends up passing, do you think that you're going to see a change in how people buy gold and silver by coming in and capping off their transactions at $600 rather than $10,000 so that way it limits the amount of reporting that's done on them buying and purchasing gold and silver? It doesn't really matter because anything over a particular number is already being monitored by the banks. Hmm. So whether you do 3000 4000 5000 Whatever you do up to $10,000 or somebody at the bank looking at it, it doesn't get to the government last deal until you get over $10,000. Right. So right now most of my people are coming in, and we had like 
guy sit there and goes, well, I'm going to spend 10, kind of like $9,970. Right. I mean, you know. So uh, yeah. So now with the IRS wanting to, re- to really regulate anything over six hundred dollars for their tax purposes, making sure you're paying your taxes, sort yeah. of thing. I, I'm wondering. I like. I could see a lot of people coming in and be like, "Here's five hundred and ninety bucks. You're like, get yeah. me as much well, now, and we'll just do a bunch of transactions that way." Somebody told me that six hundred thing has caught so much crap. Yeah. From everybody that they pulled it out, but they're going to replace it with something that's going to be. It's going to report transactions of ten thousand dollars in a year. Which isn't much different than the six hundred dollars. It's just a different different way of putting it right. to get everybody off their butt. But the, Uncle Sam is definitely going to keep his finger finger on your forehead and push you where he wants to, you to go. Well, it's it's bothersome to me because while they say, well, we're trying to look to make sure no one's being a quote unquote tax fraud and not paying their proper taxes, even on small transactions. I mean, they want you to pay tax when you purchase a couch from your neighbor over the fence and yes. you know spend six hundred dollars on that thing. That's what they want. At the same time, they're trying to tell you we're not trying to raise taxes on the middle class. We just want to raise taxes on the super ultra rich. So while they're telling us that in one ear, then they're turning around and trying to monitor every transaction over. I mean, you get a direct deposit from your work for $800 or $1,000. That's now going to the IRS to make sure that you paid your fair share. Absolutely. I mean, if if these these people, we've talked about this before, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it till the day I die. But when you guys start thinking what you're getting is free, Nothing is free. <laughs> Nothing is free. You are you triggering may, you, people you, you first may, thing in the morning. You, you may not pay for it, but your kids are going to pay for it, and your grandkids are going to pay for it, and your great-grandkids are going to pay for it. And sure, it was free to you, but I guarantee you some, somebody down the line is going to pay for it. And this all this crap that they're putting out about only the rich, rich are going to pay their fair share, that would include Biden, and Biden ain't going to pay no taxes. So he's already figured out how to get the tax shelters out. But they are going to tax. They are going to tax the middle class, and they're going to tax them hard. And you guys are all going to pay. You're all going to figure it out soon enough, and it's not going to be pretty. And it's not going to. You are triggering too many people first thing in the morning and bringing too much logic to them, and you know, just rocking their world. If you can't talk logic, you can't call the truth, and you can't talk about what you truly believe. Then there's no sense in talking. There's no sense in talking. I'm sorry. About it. That's just the way it is. I love it. Let's take a break here real quick. 17 minutes past the hour. It's Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading for all your gold and silver. When we come back, we'll talk about the gold and silver markets. If you have a question, you're more than welcome to call at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK here on Kansas Talk on Saturday morning here on KQAM. Stay here. minutes past the hour welcome back into the program thanks for hanging out today on a saturday morning kansas talk here on the big talker 1480 am 1025 fm kqam as we do every single weekend trying to get you up and moving for the weekend talking about some fun stuff next weekend we have some cool things going on for halloween weekend as we have the wichita paranormal research society the ghost hunters in town we've had them on every year it's been a tradition to talk to them uh for the ghost hunting stuff so we'll do that next week as well by the way just as a little heads up as well um next week on the national show for the voice of reason on wednesday we have george nori host to coast to coast am talking about ghost hunting and ufos and that sort of stuff as well so uh yeah we got a big show lined up for you next week couple of them and it's going to be a lot of fun right now phil martinez have you seen a ufo we can talk about UFOs. No, I don't know anything about <laughs> UFOs. I, 
I, I, I really have mixed feelings whether they're there or they're not there. Yeah. We can't be the only intelligent life form. And if you look at what we're doing with our political situation, we're not intelligent. Yeah, I was going to say. So, like, so, we, so, we, so we don't classify as an intelligent life form Half of our species either. isn't intelligent already. That's so right. that's why if they flew by and they saw us, they'd be like, wow. We'll why would we bit. want to go oh, there? We're going to waste our time with these guys. What are they doing down there? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we'll have some fun with that next week for Halloween. But right now, gold and silver markets, they've been on the trajectory up. When you see people come into the shop, primarily, is it buying silver or is it buying gold? Or is it about a 50-50 right now? Right now, it's probably 10 to 1. Silver? $10, $10 for yeah. silver and $1 for gold. Yeah. I mean, looking at yesterday's sales, why, you know, we we sold quite a bit of gold, but at the same time, we're selling silver's silver's poor man's gold. Sure. You know, it's the average person's got $30 to buy a silver round and don't have $1,900 to buy a gold coin. Right. And so it's, it's, it's that way. It's always been that way. Uh, you look at the projections they've got out there. I mean, you know, we're talking, you, you and our center are talking 40 and $50 silver, but there are guys out there predicting in five, six years, you're going to see $600, $600 silver. Wow. And that would take things to another level there. Well, uh, there was a some guys come in and told me a couple uh, months ago that they watched something on TV showing that they were building a big warehouse in Japan, and as soon as they got it built, they were going to fill it with silver because silver was too cheap at this point not to buy. They were going to fill it with silver in the next three to five years when they started building all these solar panels, they would have the silver to build them. Mm. And this is what everything that I read says we're going to see. Well, there is higher demand for it, as you mentioned. I mean, we put a little bit of silver in all of our cell phones and yes. all of the uh, solar panels and yes. all of the new technology. I mean, all the we have a, a chip shortage for computers right now, right. and a large part of it is because of transportation and making it and processing, but also because of silver yes. that goes in there as well. So, I mean, it's used for more things, and the more technologically advanced that we try to progress ourselves, it seems like we're using more and more silver while it's getting more difficult to find as well. I mean, if you're yeah. putting, uh, just imagine how many billions of phones are Absolutely. out there and every one of them has to have a drop of silver in it. I mean, at some point, we're going to run out of this stuff and we're going to have to figure out different ways to do this. Well, they're using 90, the last article I read said that basically everything's being mined. They're using 90% of it for manufacturing now, which only leaves 10% for investment. Wow. And it's, and it, I didn't realize it was that, that high yes. of a ratio. And uh, I mean, you know, for, I read an article the other day that said for the first time in 5,000 years, you've got less silver above ground than gold. Mm. So whether, it be, you know, the watches and your wife's jewelry and everything else, normally for every ounce of gold that's above ground, there is 8 to 10 ounces of silver above ground. And right now there are less silver above ground than gold, period. And so there's a lot of people out there predicting $600 silver in four to five, six years. Or they're also predicting you'll see a one-to-one ratio between silver and gold. Gold is not going to $1,800, or silver is not going to $1,800. Sure. I believe, and I may be wrong, but I believe that if silver goes to 600 bucks and you get a one-to-one ratio, that gold will come down to $600. Mm. And gold is at 1800 because it's the rarest of metals. Right. But if there's less silver above ground, at some point these things have got to balance, balance out. out. And when they do, silver's going to go up and gold's got to come down. 
just like inflation right now where they do the quantitative easing at the federal government, I mean, they just try to inflate prices and keep them instead of the natural organic price that would be based on a supply-demand chain. Silver's going to essentially have to balance itself out in that sense, which then let's take it to the next level. If theoretically silver goes up to, you know, 40, 50 bucks or even up to the five, six hundred dollars per ounce, gold comes down like that. Is the next bit of investment that's going to have a higher demand that we're going to find better use for would be something like copper or platinum? I mean, would we start seeing the chain come down? I mean, right now we see, for example, I look at it at like sports right now. We have like the NFL that everybody focuses on tons of money into it. Yeah. College now, everybody broadcasts it. Tons of money going into college yeah. football, starting to pay athletes. Now we have high school teams that get a massive amount of support, massive amount of attention, broadcasting those left and right. Is it just kind of the trickle down to where we find the more you know, we move down the line and now copper is going to be that next poor man's gold because that's the next affordable one outside of gold and silver? Could be. I mean, I think, I, you know, it's, it's I've seen some futuristic movies one time where these guys robbed this <laughs> gold deal and had all these millions of dollars worth of gold and then they everybody's dead and this guy's walking through the desert and he's starving. Dying of thirst. Yeah, the, like twilight yeah, the Twilight, the twilight zone. zone. Yeah, Twilight Zone. There you go. Episode, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a thousand and years later, the goes, gold's worthless. Well, I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a bar of gold for that bottle of water. The guy laughs at him and drives off, and he goes, "Yeah, I didn't even know they come up with something that replaces gold twenty with, years ago or whatever." That's right. Yeah. I, if they can come up with something that, that'll work as a electrical conductor like silver, then the silver markets, in theory, could could go to crap. But right now, I mean. They've come a long way, and they haven't done it yet. I mean, the last article I read, they were talking about phones and solar panels and all this other stuff. But they said, you know, uh, the article says, just think about the last TV commercial you saw where the car parked. little kid pushes the button and takes the hand off the steering wheel, and the car parks itself. Yeah. There's a computer. There's silver going into that. I mean, most people don't realize that in a cruise missile, there's 25 ounces of silver in a cruise missile right. for all the electrical connect connections. Sure. So... No, you know, it, it, it is crazy. It is crazy. And you're right. I mean, I'm sure that at some point maybe we can manufacture or create something that can be that electrical conduit. But until then, that demand's going to be there. Uh, so it's just how high that's actually going to go with the gold and silver. And you're right. I mean, right now we use copper for a lot of things as well for all of our electrical and things yeah. that we use. That's electrical conduit that, that works as well. So uh, the demand for that may start coming up if we start seeing the gold and silver market getting too out of price. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Whether it's a reset or whether it's inflated or whether it's suppressed or whatever the government's trying to do to it, if it gets out of hand, we're just going to go to the next thing and start investing in other cheaper options. Yeah, I mean, you know, but but that may be a while out there. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, I haven't read anything about that. I just know that everything I read says that uh, silver's going to go up. I read an article about Warren Buffett the other day and Trump give the Warren Warren Buffett and his group of people. Some government ground didn't say where, but I'm assuming around the California area. Right. And Buffett and his organization are going to build the eighth largest solar panel system in the world. And once they get all the hub, all the little bugs worked out of it, mm -hmm. they're going to build four more huge solar panel systems in the United States. But that's something coming in the next four to five years. So, but there again, it goes back to everything that I've read about solar panels. Uh, you know, the United States by 2025 is supposed to need all the silver that was mined last year. Sure. Plus 51 million ounces. Well, where does that leave Japan and China and Russia and Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia and Pakistan? I mean, where does it leave all these? Uh, they're telling me they're building solar panels and putting up in South Africa as fast as they can build them.
It's crazy. 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. It's Phil's Coins, proud sponsor here on KQAM on Kansas Talk. It's always appreciated there. Phil Martinez, happy Halloween to you, my friend. Happy Halloween to and, you. Uh, and we'll do it again in a couple weeks. Fair enough, and God bless all of you. All the time. Phil, always appreciate to chat with you, my friend. We'll do it again here in a couple weeks. We'll take a bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit. State Representative Stephen Johnson, candidate for state treasurer, he'll be joining us. We'll talk about some budgetary issues, inflation issues, trading issues, the IRS issue, and more. So we'll stay on that topic, plus your phone calls welcome as well. It's Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here. Listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Yes, you are. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Always great to chat with the man himself, Phil Martinez of Phil's Goins, 9344 West Central Avenue. They are officially open right now, so go and check them out. Open until 2.30 this afternoon. Also online at philscoins.com. We'll chat with him again here in a couple of weeks. Got a lot to get to today, so we have some... I, this is in my territory. I love talking about this because I nerd out on it big time as we talk about the tax rates. I, I'm telling you, this whole IRS, like we're going to monitor the $600 transactions, has taken things to another level. And I've told this story before, but I was a banker before I got into radio again. And uh, being a personal banker, there was a form we used to have to fill out called the, at least at our bank, they called it something different in every bank. But for ours, it was the currency transaction report, and we would have to file uh, for fill out this form and send it to the government, uh, to the certain agency, for any transaction that was a cash transaction, cash going into the account or cash being withdrawn from the account at $10,000 on a penny or over. And it passed during the Patriot Act in order to try and stop, quote-unquote, money laundering because they were concerned about terrorist activity and using money laundering to clean the cash and then be able to use it for terrorist activities. That's where it came from, from the Patriot Act. That's $10,000. All right, you know what? It's still stupid. Should we have the government monitoring our transactions? Not necessarily, but at least it was at a higher enough threshold to where most individuals, or a lot of individuals at least, were not being affected by this. This is taking it from $10,000 in cash transactions only all the way down to $600 transactions for everything. You get a direct deposit, you pay your mortgage, you pay your car and your uh, your car payment, you pay a student loan payment, whatever you pay, that goes to the IRS for them to look at it and be like, "All right, we're going to start trending and tracking their transactions, what they're actually doing. We're going to make sure that they're paying their fair share." In taxes, because we want to tax the ultra-rich, so we're going to turn it around and actually tax, like, everybody with $600 transactions. Come on, man. Talk about some of this and more. How's it going to affect us here in the state of Kansas, and what can we do about it here in the state of Kansas? Excited to have him on. He is a state representative for District 108 here in the state, also candidate for state treasurer, you know, handling the money for the state of Kansas. Excited to have on back with us here, Stephen Johnson. Steve, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Andy. Great to get to be with you this morning. Yeah, it's great to have you on the program. It's been a while since we've chatted. I think the last time we talked was when you first announced your candidacy. How are things going so far? We're about a year out from the midterms, and I think things are starting to heat up a little bit. We've got a ways to go, but I think they're going pretty well. It's actually been fun, which was an unexpected surprise. There are a lot of great people across the state. And there are a lot of things that are happening. As we know, unemployment is low. 
but the activity that's going on in every corner of the state really is pretty remarkable. And uh, to yeah. see the activity and growth, it is still our economy. And it's great to see uh, individuals everywhere continuing to take ownership of that. But that things is good like news. what you were just talking about are frightening in terms of a risk to that. Yeah, no, that is good news. And it's good that we're trying to recover the best we can. And it seems like while we already had an obstacle and a hurdle in front of us already with COVID-19 and the pandemic and shutting down, unfortunately, we have additional pieces of red tape, additional hurdles that we have to jump while we're trying to run this track race right now. That is the government trying to say, all right, now we're going to put these mandates in for businesses. It's making it difficult for the workforce to get fully back and functional again. We have these transactions to where even when you do get back, we're going to start monitoring everything you do. We're going to possibly raise more taxes on you. We're going to do these more spending packages, increase Medicare, Medicaid, increase Social Security, increase all these social programs and these quote-unquote safety nets, making it more challenging for us to live our life and get back to business while they're putting all these additional taxes and burdens on us. I mean, it seems like the world is set out against us each and every day. You know, it, it is enormous. And make no mistake, that change was so much bigger than the words that we can put around it is from you were talking about the cash transactions and the 10,000 and the money laundering issue that we had um, in the financial service industry. We're always fighting that. And I, I can somewhat understand on that cash only transaction, the initial placement is the easiest place to catch that fraudulent activity. Sure. As it starts moving between accounts, it gets ever more difficult when they do the layering phase after that. So while I'm, again, we want to watch any of those, this is an enormous leap from cash transactions to every transaction. That, that's just a huge change as, as things move through the system. And as you'd mentioned, the $600 is phenomenal on its impact. And that, how do you just keep up with the volume of that? First, now I'm going to require business to track all of that. And that is going to be an enormous cost just to implement to what end? How many people then would have to be hired to work through that data and systems to work through that data to make any use of it, even if we would manage to collect it. There are just so many things that are a problem with that. Yeah. And, and I'll work with people. I get sometimes you ask for way more than you expect to get to get the ball rolling. But this is a scary level to start with that from privacy, from the impact and cost to business, which guess what? Is the impact and cost to consumer in the end and how we're able to afford working through that without adding any value to the system. Um, so a number of things. It was good to see um, Derek Kripals is our executive director of the State Financial Officers Foundation, and he was one of the key members of the Ron Estes staff in the Kansas Treasurer's Office. And it was good to see that group speaking out against that move and others to try and get some reason back into the discussion of what might go on. Yeah, I'm glad that we are aware of this and focus on it, because that was my next question, was the burden not just on businesses, but just the amount of information, how we have to expand the bureaucratic state to try and do this. I mean, it reminds me of kind of like the metadata that they try to collect on cell phones and email addresses and social media, just pinging us and following and tracking everything that we do there. Now we have all this information coming in. How do we process it and what do we do with it? What kind of burden would that be, not only on the federal government for the IRS, which I know they want to expand by like doubling or tripling the size of the IRS to try and do all this, but the state as well, the state of Kansas. I mean, what would that do for us 
when it comes to trying to tra follow transactions of businesses and individuals at this magnitude. Because a $600 mortgage payment every month or a $600 car payment or student loan payment or purchasing $600 in groceries or whatever is not out of the realm for most individuals to do. Not at all. And so what you're doing at whatever level, at the business level, at the state level, at the federal level, is you're growing the size of the haystack that you're trying to search for the needles in, right? Massively. If you just look at the transactions that government did in the last year, and this was small. This was when we were reacting to a pandemic with a much smaller package than the one that we're now proposing at a time when we have full employment and a huge inflation risk, which is an enormous problem that we haven't even touched on yet. But there were 125 million Americans that were getting the uh, payments through the pandemic that were $600 and up. Right there's a whole bunch of payments. Yeah. The federal unemployment added was $600 a week to 25 million eligible Americans. Now, granted, in Kansas, we didn't either answer the phones or process it because of the problems the Department of Labor continues to have. But um, an enormous number of transactions just there. How could you wade through that to get to anything meaningful? That's very true. And it just, and I mentioned this earlier on the show, it boggles my mind where they try and use the propaganda of, well, we're trying to just find ways to tax the ultra rich because they need to pay their fair share. But now we're going to monitor $600 transactions for everybody to make sure that you are paying your fair share as well as the middle income, uh, middle class individual trying to pay a, you know, $800 mortgage payment. How dare you make sure that, uh, you know, we actually pay your fair share on that one. Stephen Johnson, candidate for state treasurer and uh, house representative district for district 108. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the economy here in the state of Kansas right now. Uh, I find it fascinating that last year in the state, we saw a record federal income tax revenue come into the federal government. We saw higher revenue tax receipts come into the state of Kansas over the last year when we were mostly shut down because of COVID-19. Why do you think that was uh, when they still say that the rich don't pay their fair share that, again, I find ironic? And are we getting back to normal with businesses actually starting to try and open up. I hear stories about restaurants and stuff closing because I can't find workers right now, but are we getting better at trying to get things opened up here in the state from what you've heard? Well, our individuals absolutely are. Um, business owners have played through so many restaurants faced enormous challenges, many impossible challenges, and were forced to close either due to regulations that forced them to, that they couldn't deal with, um, changes and certainly the labor issues continue to plague that and other industries. But as we look at the revenue, you're exactly right. It is way high. We yeah. have seen more revenue come in than ever. We have seen, we currently have an ending balance that rivals the cumulative ending balances that I have seen during my previous <laughs> 10 years in the legislature. Um, we are now right at $1 billion over the estimated revenue. Wow. So you ask the reasons. One is we may have set our expectations a little lower uh, through the pandemic, but we're ahead of the previous years also. So that's not all of it. Much of the overage is in income tax. And as you said, where is that? Count? Are the rich not paying? Are businesses not paying their share? The biggest increase is in our corporate income tax receipts. It is on a percentage basis way over uh, what, what we have received in the past and what we expected to receive. So they're absolutely a huge part of that increase. 
individual income taxes are another part. One piece may be the federal stimulus payments, but it's clearly not all of it. Um, People are working smarter. There are a lot of opportunities that people are continuing to build. They're finding them and making them. I don't know that they existed necessarily uh, before. I think there's been a lot of creativity as as folks have approached their business and and people have worked hard. Unfortunately, the pandemic did have costs that some of us were forced to uh, make and those dollars turned over in the economy also. We will get more data in a month. The November Consensus Revenue Estimating Group is set to talk about those issues and why we are where we are, as we saw that record level at the end of uh, last fiscal year and continuing this year. We were about $730 million ahead by the end of June, and we've continued to be 60 to $100 million ahead each month since then. Wow. Well, I mean, it's good news that we're seeing revenue come in. It just does put things into perspective. And I hope for the other side of the aisle politically that tries to say, well, the rich aren't paying their fair share. Businesses aren't paying their fair share. Corporations aren't paying their fair share. Because obviously the evidence shows otherwise when the non-corporate business owners and the actual workers and everybody weren't working this last year and were sitting on the government benefits and we still had record revenues coming in. Last question before we let you go, Stephen Johnson, candidate for state treasurer here in the state, also state representative for District 108. But uh, what in, what industry do you think has been impacted the most over the last year outside of the restaurant and bar industry uh, of that sort? Has it been retail? Has it maybe been agriculture? I mean, I know with the processing plants in the state, we've had some issues there with COVID as well. But what other industry outside of the regular restaurants and bars and nightclubs that have had a major impact do you think has been hit the most by COVID-19? Well, the other one would certainly be health care. Um, that's They've had so many challenges as well to work through. And then I think it is retail and particularly our retail storefronts. The the change that we had, uh, I think, further accelerated a move to online uh, business and making that transition has been a boon to some. And it will be hard on some of our Main Street businesses uh, continuing to go forward and how we play through that and keep Main Streets open and small towns across the state will be something we want to continue to focus on. Yeah. One step at a time, right? Well, at least we're hopefully starting to get a little bit better, but we'll see. <laughs> we are, and we just need to make sure that the playing field is level there. Um, one quick point on tax stuff, our corporate tax rate is actually the highest rate if you want to, in, in Kansas. I think that's another thing that we should just mm-hmm. make the same as any other ownership structure. I think they actually pay a little more than their fair share if you look at the tax rates. Yeah, that is true. Last, I lied. Last question on you that, but with taxes – the 6.5% sales tax that we have on groceries, any chance that that's going to go away to where we can actually relieve the burden on you know, the essential things like food for people to go out and buy without a 6.5% tax on that? It's certainly been talked about for several years. Um, the, the, the short answer is I don't know that it goes away this year. There is a chance to do tax reform, and the key is how to get that spread across where the biggest inconsistencies lie. Uh, There's been some talk about other ways to relieve that burden where folks really do have a challenge paying for food, where perhaps I don't. Uh, Are there ways to target that tax relief has been the question that's been brought up, even by some of the supporters of eliminating the tax on food. Sure. Stephen Johnson, candidate for state treasurer, uh, state representative for District 108 in the Saline County area. It's always great to talk to you, my friend. I'm glad things are going well. Let's get you back on again here real soon as we get closer to election time. 
Sounds great. Great to be with you, Andy. You as well. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll do it again here very soon. We'll take a break. We'll come back and an update from the AARP. Get ready for Kathy Bond for hour number two as well, talking about the upcoming school board elections in just a couple of weeks. It's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Welcome back into the program. All right, real quick, we'll get our update from the AARP right here on Kansas Talk. We're talking with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network, Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out all online at aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also on their social media as well. Mary's back on the line with us for another week. Mary, how are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. It's a beautiful day. It's another beautiful day indeed. I love the Fraud Watch Network that you have because you guys track so many different frauds and scams and uh, seasonal frauds and scams and everything that's going, new technology, whatever may be happening today, there's always someone trying to take advantage of somebody else, unfortunately. And you guys have been able to track and see kind of the top 10 largest scams and frauds going on here in the state of Kansas and the Mid-America region here talk about some of these and what should we be concerned about because the more i talk to you guys the more i kind of fear about everything (laughs) yeah and and unfortunately the bad news is that in 2020 which was last year our the the number of scams and frauds increased over 2019 and quite a bit so um, we're not going in the right direction so the more education we have the more we are aware of the scams out there the better we are and you know we always say in order to um, you know to to find a scam you need to know about what they are so um, we want to make sure people know if if they're hopefully listening to this or go to the aarp.org fraud watch network and they'll find out all kinds of information but <laughs> to get to your question interesting to me anyway we'll see if you, what you think the top scam in 2020 for and this is for adults 60 and older is romance scams surprising to me um but but they're out there people are maybe possibly more lonely during the during the shutdown during covid and and looking for love online and you know we've talked about this before and it's really easy to get sucked in into um, someone wanting, you know, showing interest in you and you get close to somebody because you're talking online together. Um, and then the scam starts. Once you're hooked in, they, they want money, they, they are ill or they have a, a relative who is ill, they want to come see you and they need travel money, um, all kinds of things. So we really caution people to be aware um, when they're, when they're um, out there connecting with someone online that they don't know to be very, very careful before they offer up any personal information or any money. Yeah, that's very concerning. It kind of reminds me of the old song of looking for love in all the wrong places uh, because <laughs> that's, that's what you need right. to be aware of. So when you swipe right, you need to be a little more cautious. And like you said, if you're communicating with somebody, maybe some more video chats or a meeting in person or something before any of that personal information is out there. Because if you're just sending pictures or just calling and talking on the phone or even texting, you don't know exactly who you're talking to. Exactly. You can't see their face. You don't really know them. Um, and, and, you know, really the red flag should be if they, if they want money from you, they want more than just romance. They, they are out to take your money from you. So that, that's a, a very bad um, um, situation to get into. And we know that in 2020, 
folks lost $139 million to scammers. That's compared to 2019, where they lost $84 million. So that was a 66% increase in the, in the amount of money lost to romance scams. So really something to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. What's, uh, what's one more scam that's going on right now we need to be careful of? So the next one, the next highest is prize and sweepstakes and lottery scams. You know, the, the, folks, the emails are still out there. I get them regularly from people telling me that I've won tons of money or that they have money and they want to put it in my bank account, but they need my information, they need my Social Security, they need my bank account number so they can give me the money. Or sometimes they tell you they need the money, but they can't get it to you, so they, they, need, um, um, they need money to, to get the, the funds to you. So, you know, every time someone tells you that you have won something, be careful, be wary, because if you haven't entered a sweepstakes or a contest, you're probably not going to win. If you've not done anything or been proactive, um, you're probably not going to, I mean, you, you know, you haven't won anything. And uh, for someone to just offer you money um, is one thing. But when they say, I need money for me to get you the money, um, <laughs> that should be a real red flag. And that's something to stay away from. And for those, um, we people lost $69 million dollars in 2020 as compared to 51 million in 2019. So the scams are on the rise and they're out there and we really need to be aware and arm ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Be aware, be cautious. We got just about a minute left or so, but talk about what else is going on with the AARP uh, with some of the virtual stuff, some of the uh, family and fr uh, family and friends stuff that you guys have going on. What else can we look forward to? Oh, there's so many things. Um, one that I'm really excited about is is on October 28th, Clint Black will be doing a virtual uh, concert for AARP, and anybody and everybody is welcome to, to sign up, and that's October 28th at 7 p.m., and you can find that information on aarp.org, as well as many other movies and book, um, book discussions and trivia and meditation and exercise, all kinds of things. We've got something for everyone. Lots of great stuff. AARP.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them on their social media as well. Mary, we always appreciate it. Lots of great information. We'll do it again next week. All right. Thanks, Andy. Take care. There it is, AARP. We appreciate them very much. We'll chat with them again next Saturday. Wrap it up, hour number one, hour number two. It's election season. It may not seem like it, but it's election season. We got the off-season elections going on, city council, school board, and some other stuff going on as well. We have a couple school board candidates in studio with us. We'll do that when we come back right after the break. It's Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM.
Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. It is a Saturday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Covered a lot of ground already. Thanks again to Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading gold and silver with honesty and integrity. He is officially open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. You can also find them online at philscoins.com. Also, we had Stephen Johnson on the show the last half hour talking about the IRS, talking about inflation, talking about the budget, the state government, income uh, revenue for the federal government and state government as well. He is candidate for state treasurer and a state representative right now for District 108. So, uh, big news on that front. But let's bring it back down to the local front and talk about things going on here uh, more recent than just the midterms next year in 2022. Because I don't know if you're aware or not, there are elections going on this year as well. And I think as most people have begun to realize that this year in the off-season elections, city council, school board, these are kind of an important elections. A lot of people never pay a whole lot of attention to them until, you know, COVID happens. And now all of a sudden we have city mandates and we have school board mandates. The biggest debates of critical race theory, the biggest issues of mask mandates. There was a headline that the CDC is working on trying to approve these vaccines for COVID-19 for 12, uh, 5 to 12-year-olds and then mandating them for these young kids to go to school. I know. That's how crazy this is. So to talk about this and more, and as we get ready for elections coming up in just a couple of can you believe it? We are just a couple weeks away, a week and a half away from election time, and you need to show up to these. As a reminder, no matter where you live in the city or within the school district of USD 259, you vote for all of the candidates, which is why they've been kind of partnering up and working with each other, which is awesome. So in studio with us from district number five candidate. Kathy Bond with us. Kathy, how are you? Good morning, Andy. How are you? Thank you for having us. It's great to talk to you again. It's a little bit. And then also candidate for district number six. We've had her on as well, Hazel Stabler. Hazel, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. It's great to have both of you in studio again because this is such an important election. I cannot stress how important this one is. And again, being an off-season are you getting people that are like, oh, well, I didn't realize there's an election this year? Are they aware of it? Are they prepared for it? What's been the word on the street lately? I think they're aware of it, and I think they didn't know that they could vote for anyone they wanted to in the four open seats. Yeah. And so now they've got quite a contrast. Yes. As I said yesterday when we were speaking at the Pachyderm meeting, that Wichita has a choice, a big <laughs> choice. And they've also that we got, haven't had in a while. No, we haven't. Yeah. And they've got a very yeah. unique opportunity. Right. So at the end of the day at 7 o'clock p.m. on November 2nd, the people will have spoken. Yes. Which people it will be. We're hoping it's our people. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Now, you guys have been working as kind of a, a, a four-way team here. We've had you know, we've had all four of you on with Diane Albert and uh, Brent Davis that are also part of the, the, the push with you guys. Uh, what is the big push here? Why why did you guys team up? I mean, where did this come from? Well, I, we teamed up because we have like-minded um, values, and we share the same um, views and thoughts about the issues that mm-hmm. we're... I mean, we're not exactly the same. We all are different, sure. and we bring different things to the table, but with all of that, we do mesh, and we do have, at the end of the day, we're the same, have the same values. And yeah. I'd like to go ahead and piggyback on that, and um, for the record, I do want to say this, that... Although we have been slated by others, and so we went with it, right? Sure. Although we're slated together, uh, we are individuals with right. individual thoughts, individual beliefs, but our values are alignment. And for the record, I do want to say that, um, sadly, one of, our, um, one of our comrades, is that what I would call us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of our comrades was on the front page of the Eagle 
with some disturbing uh, news. And I have been receiving notifications that I did not come out and condemn this person. That is the word, mm. condemn. How well, dare first you? of all, yeah. I don't use, I don't condemn anybody. And I wasn't there, number one. I was not there. Number two, I don't know what was said. And number three, overall, of course I don't agree with experimenting with our students. Right. No, and I don't think you no, agree with that I, either. I, no, I so, don't. So, for the record, for anyone There's been social experiments going on in public education already. Well, like that's uh, that's yeah. not my call. That is not why I'm running for school no. board. So, I just wanted to put it on the record because I have been getting lots of feedback. Well, why don't you do this? And well, okay, folks, guess what? I just said it for the record, okay? I do not agree, but I will not condemn a person for something that somebody else said that I wasn't there and I didn't hear it. Make sense? Boy, they've really created a lot of drama on the campaign trail, hasn't oh, it? This oh, is shaking oh things gosh. up. I mean, usually when the other side, um, let's just say, not that this is partisan because it's a nonpartisan election. We need to remind everybody about that. But there is kind of an ideological battle tug of war going on right now that usually when they don't deem you as a threat, they usually just ignore you and don't give you any attention. Right. They've gone really hard against you guys, all four of you about how dare you do this and there's been people threatening to leave you know the border the you know the school district if you guys end up getting elected so you guys have kind of rocked the boats a little bit here way to go well we didn't we didn't intend to all we're doing <laughs> is standing up for what we believe you know yeah. and the bottom line is it's all about the kids it's mm -hmm. about the students it's not about the administration and it's not about fighting anybody it's just our word is that we want betterment for our kids imagine yeah imagine, imagine that imagine if the other side were to put as much focus on their issues and mm. not on us, they may not have been left late to the party. Well, now remember, <laughs> now there is a political side of the aisle, not going to mention which one, <laughs> that they can't defend their ideological position. So when they do get challenged, it goes into a personal attack. Yeah. Uh, I want to read a headline, and you, and you brought me this. This is hilarious to see because I had not seen this. But from the... Uh, the teachers union uh -huh. and my listeners know my my uh, opinion on unions altogether, especially the teachers union that's been uh, not the best representative of teachers. But a representative for the teachers union said this about you guys, quote, if they win, meaning you guys, the four of you, they will have the board majority and work to erode our public schools by draining district funding, slashing budgets and undermining our freedom to join our union. These hyper-partisan candidates are getting outside support and have been asked uh, have been asking about our membership numbers. How dare you first off ask about numbers? <laughs> well, How dare you do that? that? That actually was me. I had an interview with the union, and at the end of the meeting, they asked me if I had any questions, and I thought it was you know, quite relevant. And I said, well, how many members do you have in your union? So that actually did. I did say that. <laughs> oh <laughs> and my they gosh. told me half. Half of the teachers belong to the Half of the teachers. Well, I, I'm actually surprised it's that low, honestly. Yeah, I'm really surprised it, it's, it's low surprising. as low as it is. I'm really? No, well, we I have common sense teachers out there. Yeah, that is true. Well, I heard yeah. that uh, not long ago it was forty only 40% of the teachers. Interesting. Belonged. So, And there's 5,000 teachers. Well, wow. if they're not getting paid that much, they need that extra money. So something's got to be cut. So they cut their dues to the union. Yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. Well, the fact that they're this worked up about you guys and really go off on the, you're going to do the, I mean, it's the typical... I mean, it is. It's a partisan thing. It's a typical Republicans are going to cut your Social Security and let you die in the street without having a safety net. And this is the same talking points that they use. So let's go through some of these. How in the world, as a school board member, would you cut the budget or slash budgets or drain district funds by saying, 
you know, maybe we shouldn't, don't need to spend all this money on new buildings all the time. No, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll not slash it. We'll put the money where the money needs to go. Yeah. Where it's and, supposed to go. Right. It's it's designated. So, well, I'm sure that this money that they're talking about is not designated. But there are funds. I mean, our teachers, they have to buy their own glue sticks. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Well, and that's that my money- problem with the teachers union is that they say we're going to not fight and work with Trump when he was in office with the federal budget to write off the whole $600 of investing into your own, you know, into your own classroom. And, you know, that's not going to be a write off anymore when the teachers shouldn't be having to do that in the first place. And right. if the teachers union was really looking out for the teachers, maybe that's what they should be fighting on. Exactly. You know, instead yeah. of just going along with they the did get a raise. Quo. They got a raise this year, but it barely equals a minimum raise, you mm-hmm. know, raise two percent. They got in the fall. Two percent they're getting in the spring. That leaves three percent for benefits. They got a total of a seven percent raise. Our teachers, the heroes who know our kids, who know how to teach, which are not being allowed to teach. Yeah. Boy, I've got a story about that. And seven percent. Yeah, that's interesting. Seven? Yeah. And the average um, teacher only stays three to five years. And I asked that question. Really? I asked the question when I had the interview. I said, how long do your teachers stay? And they said three to five years. And it's because they're forced to have second jobs because they don't have they don't make enough money to meet their needs. So to- they admit it. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. But yet they don't do anything right. about it. While they exactly. have record number of safety nets and emergency funds in the district. Record number. I mean, they've got millions Big of dollars money. from COVID. They've got it from the state, and from the taxes. An yeah. incumbent yesterday admitted. We do not need more money. Yes, really? An incumbent yeah. admitted the district does not need more You guys more are really money. shaking them up here. Good golly. Yeah. They would admit that <laughs> yeah. usually. So, so the other the other issue is the budget. You know, the budget is so so large. There's $20,000 this year allocated to each student. Sure. But the problem. 20 grand. 20 grand <laughs> per, per student. So you go on their website and there is not a clear picture of what exactly the budget is. So for, since I decided to run, I've try, been trying to figure out what the budget is. And I can't figure it out. We got a one-page overview. and Blanket. it's a blanket overview, but there's so many line items that we can't figure it can't out. Can't figure it out. It I needs wanna, to be transparent. I want to put this into perspective here. This 20 grand's blowing my mind. I started in radio in Wichita here seven years ago when I came into town. At that time, we were talking to the Kansas Policy Institute, and they had mentioned that it hit a record number statewide of $12,000 per student that was going into each district, and that's how much it was funding. That was seven years ago at $12,000. Now we're at $20,000 per student, and that's just in a seven-year gap. My big question is, in that seven-year difference, have we seen graduation rates or test scores or anything get any better for that additional $8,000 no, per student? No, no. absolutely not. I, I mean, this is terrible. We there, There's not being a healthy service to our students, parents, teachers, um, and our community. Administrators are getting paid well. Yeah. Oh, of course they are. Yeah, let's take a break here. It's uh, 18 minutes past the hour. We're talking with uh, candidates for the USD 259 School Board. When we come back, I want to talk about the platform, what you guys want to do, what we could do to work on the curriculum, what we could do to work on some of the uh, top issues that I think are bothering individuals. That is the mask and vaccine mandates for students. That is the critical race theory. That is some of the stuff coming in. I have a beef as well with, it is outside of this district, but uh, some of the school curriculum that my daughter has been that I don't even get or understand. So we'll talk about some of that when we come back here.
as well. If you have a question or you want to talk, you can call in 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Let us know your thoughts. Are you ready for the school board elections here in USD 259 and surrounding areas as well? Because it's not just Wichita that's had these elections. It's everywhere around here in South Central Kansas. Let's show up to the voting booth on November 2nd. Let's make this happen. It's Kansas Talk right here on KQAM. Twenty-two minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you. Sitting here with Kathy Bond, Hazel Stabler, candidates for USD 259. Uh, coming up on, uh, what, like a week and a half? This is crazy. So I've, I've seen the yard signs. I've seen the stuff out there. It sounds like uh, people are getting pretty excited. Are they, like I said, are they aware that there's an election going on right now? Or has it been kind of like a, a shock and awe? No, they're aware of it. Good. Yeah. No, because okay. well, I've only been hitting um, conservative. I have sure. not door knocked on any of those that would oppose our way of thinking. And well, um, you just hate children if you talk to them. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, you're just but an I'm evil. not opposed to talking to them because sure. I have a lot of people that are not in the same party that I am that are supporting me because of what I believe and they know what I stand for and they know I'm fair and I'm honest. Exactly. So th- I do have supporters from both sides. Sure. But the hate, oh my gosh, they're I so just, angry. You know, I, it just baffles me it, it, that the hate that comes across on my campaign page. And all I can do is just walk away from it. And they're like, well, she never responds. Well, you know what? I don't respond to anybody. Well, we're not sure. going to argue with anybody <laughs> no, either. No, there's no argument. There's no point. No. I mean, you're not going to win them over. No. It's, no. It's, it's social media discussion. Right. How many times have you actually will be, be like, wow, I've seen the error of my ways, and I guess I'll change my political system here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Uh, let's talk about some uh, platforms in, in the curriculum in the in the school district. So, uh, my daughter's in second grade right now. She's seven. There was she was struggling. We just went to a parent teacher conference this last week. She was struggling with some math problems, which I was trying to figure out why. They were doing what they call these bar models. Common core. The common core bar. I mean, they had the math problem over here, doing the math, doing the addition and mm-hmm. subtraction, doing the problem. And then they would do this bar model on the side there, and she was failing that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure it out. No. I no. finally did. We went to talk to them, and they were like, oh, yeah, actually, we're changing the curriculum because no kid is getting this. And it's a little redundant because it's the exact same damn thing as what we had over here doing the regular math problem teaching people. It boggled my mind that we're actually dealing with this bar. Mo- what the hell? Where did this right. come from? So so my daughter is uh, she was a monast- monastery um, headmaster. Oh, wow. And her children, she has her master's, and her children were doing this uh, Common Core math. And so she went to the, the principal and talked to them about it. And they actually had to have a class for the parents to teach them how to do Common Core. Uh. And my daughter said it takes two times longer, two or three times longer. And it and I guess they want them to have, it's, pro- it's part of their, they want them the kids to do critical thinking about when they're, solving these problems but they're going around the block three times to do it so it doesn't make it sense it doesn't make sense Just, here's the math problem do the math problem right. the adding subtracting whatever there it is boom you have your number that's right. the way you need to do it move on not oh here but here's a bar model to show you what you just did here and she's seven she's se- second grade second grade they're already introducing this crap I was mad. Yeah, you and should I, be. I was ready to, I, we went to the teacher and I was ready to like and do the thing and she was like yeah 
She's like, actually, I'm on the board for the curriculum, and we're getting rid of it by this semester because we don't like it either. Okay. No students getting it, understanding it. I don't even understand it half the time. I've gotten calls from parents. She's like, we're changing this. We're getting rid of it. Well, that's good. I'm glad they yeah. listened to you as the parent. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Crazy, wild thought, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, so yeah. Is this happening, USD 259? Are we seeing this Common Core math in yeah. this curriculum here? Yeah. And then let me tell you what else we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a substitute school teacher, mm-hmm. so I know a lot of teachers in the district. And a teacher sent me an email with some curriculum on it that I about fell out of my chair. To the fourth graders, this teacher has been told by the principal of the school that they teach in that um, they are to read this curriculum to the students every day at the same time for 30 minutes. And it is curriculum on syllables. Okay. And the kids are supposed to say mid-10 Kit 10, slowly, and the teacher's reading this, and then they have to put their hand under their chin and say those words again and tell the teacher, how many times did your chin drop? Fourth graders, okay. Andy. Fourth graders. It's crazy. It, that, that's an insult to the teacher, first of all. It's not allowing the teacher to teach, and that is not teaching. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. The last time I remember doing anything like that was – it might have been around that age, but it was for music to learn about beats, to mm-hmm. be able to be like, oh, okay. And, and I get the syllable thing, but it's taking it to another level, I think. Yeah. I think it's down. It's yeah. taking the students down instead of challenging them to bring bring it up. They're mm. like dumbing. I hate to use the word dumb. What's another word for dumb? Um, lowering the bar. Lowering the bar. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we will work very well together. Ignorance. You know, and I believe that standards and expectations need to be up high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for those that can't reach that, we're going to get them help. Yeah. And it's not going to cost any money. Well, that's the thing. I mean, how do we raise that bar? We just we just saw it. 60% of high school students are below average at going from again right. $12,000 per below student grade. to 20. They're below they're one grade below. Below grade level. Yeah, it's yes. you know, 60% of high school students in Wichita what do we do to raise that bar? Let me tell you something. Something that really baffled me was the current strategic Long-term plan for USD 259 is by 2023 to graduate 70% of the seniors with a diploma and one or more market value asset. 70%. Let's wow. well, well, let's do 100. I mean, yeah, you're just writing off the other 30%. Yeah, like, writing ah, off whatever. 30% and let them stay home, collect whatever, and have. And I think and one of the problems yeah. is they're not testing the students early enough. No. The students need to be tested earlier. As an example, as I was in the classroom and there was a kindergarten that was supposed to be in first grade, she was having a difficult time with some math issues and cognitively being able to do that from brain to paper. And I asked, has she been tested? Oh, no, she won't be tested until she's in the third grade, which is when she should have been in the fourth grade because she's held back a year. So I I really think that a lot of students are falling through the cracks because they're not. And I said, how come? It's too much paperwork for the teacher. That so was the response. So I, I got. think we'd have less failure if they would test them as soon as they're in school in early childhood classes, develop, right. and and um, like pre-K and kindergarten. Yeah. And those teachers are already going to d- identify that there's problems with right. those kids. So if they ad- identify it then, they're going to help them so they, right. they don't they won't be set up for failure. Well, it sounds like right. there's a bureaucratic issue where you just have to fill out too much paperwork just to get 
the job and done. And again, that is more loads on our teachers. Yeah. So they can't Unnecessarily. Teach. They're so busy. Well, Not in know. front of the student, but actually out doing paperwork. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. great. we got, we got to take a bottom of the hour break here. Okay. When we come back, I want to continue this. I want to talk about the curriculum. I want to talk about vaccines and more mm. as we got another segment here with our candidates, Kathy Bond, Hazel Stabler, USD 259 candidates. Coming up in, uh, what, November 2nd, right around the corner. Get ready to vote. It's election season right here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out today. Last half hour of the program goes by way too fast on the show. Joe Pegg's live with the weekend. He's coming up right at the top of the hour next hour, so stay tuned in for that. little programming note for you. Next week is Halloween weekend, so I am excited. We have some fun stuff coming up. Actually, next weekend's going to be a huge show. We have U.S. Senator Roger Marshall will be joining us talking about some federal budget issues, vaccine mandates, and more coming out of Washington, D.C., we have our interview, monthly interview with Attorney General Derek Schmidt. We'll talk about some legal issues there as well. We have the, uh, for Halloween-esque, we, oh, we have David Thorne with the Central County Republican Party talk about the last big push for the elections. And we have the Wichita Paranormal Research Society talking about ghost hunting in the community for Halloween. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's see here. <laughs> I love it. So as we talk about school boards here right now, we have the uh, pictures of the candidates. I, I don't see a difference here. I don't see it. I think that, you know, if you guys just, you know, I'll, I'll stand for the same thing, right? Somebody yeah. made that for us. That's and great. It, it all of a sudden started popping up all over our social media. Let's see if I can show this on the, uh, on the live know. stream here. So uh, for those that are watching <laughs> on the Facebook Live, you can see that. The pictures between the uh, current incumbents all masked and being scared and staying away from each other. And then uh, our candidates here that are all together and not so afraid and professional and professional like how how dare you try and act professional and and do like <laughs> professional things and not be scared of the world around you what a concept right mm, right yeah welcome back in 316-721-8255 we have a caller on the line we'll get to here in a second as well i do want to play for you a clip though as we talk about the curriculum from the schools this was and i i think you guys may have heard this the debate just a week or so ago for the governor's race in virginia and Terry McAuliffe, the former governor of Virginia running for the Democrat there, was on the debate stage. I think shot himself in the foot with this comment, probably the end of his campaign or towards the end. But on the debate stage, really said that parents, you have no say in what we're doing in our school districts. I'm not going to let parents you come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decision. I Stop the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. <laughs> You as the parent with your kids, sorry, you don't have the right to tell the school district what to teach. And the education we're giving your kids, you have no say in that. Sorry. That's the mentality of so many. And the sad part is it's even here in the Wichita area, is it not? Well, when my kids were going to school and there was a sex education class, I got to opt out. And I wrote, you know, I signed my name and I said, I don't want my kids to be involved in this class because I didn't like the way the teacher was teaching it. So I did have choice back then. But that was 2015. Yeah. Things are changing rapidly. And sure. we better watch out because if we don't stand up as parents and say no, yeah. 
the beauty is we're all parents. Yes. All of us are parents right. that, are, that are running. And so we understand the concerns that parents have about their children mm-hmm. and the teachers and the curriculum and, and the mandates. And so we really get yeah. it. We side with the parents. We side with the parents. We what do. a concept there again. Let's go to the phone, shall we? 316-721-8255. Line number one. Question for our school board candidates. Good morning. Who's this? That's uh, Sean. I'm uh, president of Lower Standards Community College. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, that's already implemented, so what else you got? <laughs> well, well uh, let me see. First of all, <clears throat> I totally forgot about off-year elections this year. And, yeah. Um, I got, like last week, I got this advanced, advanced voting ballot in the mail, and I didn't even ask for one. So I was like, what's this all about? What's this all about? Yeah. So you live in the Wichita area, don't you, Sean? Yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah, you have the opportunity to go and vote and vote for all of these school board candidates and uh, be able to maybe change up to where we actually have a proper curriculum and proper uh, education for our children. Well, the candidates all got, they're all listed. They all have their party names. Yeah. Uh, Well, so, well, yeah, and they're nonpartisan. So do you know what district or what area you live in? Well, school board. I live over uh, by Friends University. So Friends, Friends University. What district would that be? I don't even know. That might be yours. I don't go that far east, I didn't think. Oh, okay. Interesting. Sir, what well, what um, flyer did you get in the mail? Well, uh, I'm going to have to open it up. I, actually, I, I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey. It, it just shocked to... you. You thought it was you thought it was hashtag fake news, right? <laughs> I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know what was going on. So, so uh, uh, I, I laid it down somewhere. I never opened it. I yeah. forgot where I put it. So I might have to find it. But I was going to wait until I talked to you about it because, like I said, uh, I totally forgot about uh, off year elections. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was thinking about midterms. The midterm, uh, midterms are a big one next year, but this year's the off season. Yeah, this is the the school board, some city council seats. This is a big election. So. Tell, tell all the friends and everybody about it. This is one we got to turn out for because with all the mandates that we've seen over this last year and all the decisions that we've seen during COVID, they were made by local elected officials that always get elected on off-season elections, and this is why they've been able to do what they do because we haven't paid enough attention to those. Well, I wonder, there's a question that um, I suppose I could ask these two, two uh, candidates. Um, I really don't know what they're teaching in our public schools around here. I mean, I haven't heard of anything controversial, so I'm assuming we got a pretty decent uh, school system uh, <laughs> for city our size. But, now, now, hold know. on, Sean. Hold on a second here. Um, the reason you don't hear about any controversy is because, number one, Everyone on the other side is running things, and the media is not going to tell you. So, no, there is a push for critical race theory. There is a push for some common core education. There is a push for some massive ridiculousness in our school board right now. Well, education sure as heck ain't what it was when I was a kid growing up, and that's half the reason. Yeah. That's a big part of the reason why, you know, you got a lot of kids that are, you know, graduating from school. You can't even read their own diplomas. You got higher dropout rates. Uh, yeah. And imagine that. Yeah. Those dropout rates right now, 60% of the high school students right now being under their current grade level and educational standards, that's costing us $20,000 per student. And it just six, seven years ago, it was near $11,000. we have gone up $8,000 in seven years and still no reflection when it comes to the actual success rates on those. Sean, I hate to cut you off. I got some other calls I want to get to here, but I appreciate that very much. But it, I mean, that's, a, I think, a reminder of 
how important it is right now to actually remind people to go out and vote on this election because I think a lot of people, it's not top of mind. They're so focused on the midterms and congressional candidates and governor's races and all that. It, we've kind of forgotten a little bit about the school districts here. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah, appreciate Thank that, you. Sean. Let's go back to it. Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, I guess they hung up. That's all right. You can call back at 316-721-8255. Last time both of you were in here, we talked a little bit about this, but I want to bring it up again because I think it's one of the more important things we should focus on is not just with curriculum, but the classes, the extracurricular classes that I think are a vital importance as well. Going out of high school, going into the either the workforce or college, wherever they go, but bringing back auto shop, bringing back home ec, bringing back uh, woodworking, bringing back different ways to actually use your hands, get some world experience, actually understand how things are built and done, and taking those classes. Even if you never go into auto and become a mechanic, at least you know how to change a damn tire on the side of the road when you get a nail in it. I right. mean, you're right? You would think that that'd be a common sense thing to do. So I, I went to North High. I had a very nice visit there, and I actually there's a an old building there that used to be dylan's and i w walked in the building it looks like it's condemned on the outside i walked in the building and they're building airplanes in there mm. and there was another shop around just across around the corner there where that's a mechanic shop but the problem is there's there's not you can't get into the class really? there's a waiting list and there's a priority list and um you know so it's not really available to everyone Right. You know, that wants to do it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That really is. Uh, let's shift gears to critical race theory. Mm -hmm. uh, last week we had on uh, State Representative Patrick Penn. I know he's working on legislation at the statewide level, and he went into a super in-depth uh, discussion in his presentation on critical race theory, where it came from, the theology behind it, uh, you know, where it originated from. Super fascinating stuff. We're going to get him back on the show to do that again. Have you seen it begin to infiltrate into USD 259 already? Yes. You have? Yes. And they will say no. Of course, yeah. Um, it's a co it's cover diversity, inclusion, and equity, <laughs> and that is a cover for critical race theory. Of course, and and that is how sly this ideology is. And who better to infiltrate it but our young, vulnerable students? Mm -hmm. And I understand why parents are like, uh, uh. They critical race theory teaches. Um, it's Marxism, basically, um, which didn't work in the 60s, so I don't know why we're thinking it's going to work now. Well, remember their ideology. If we, It's never been done to the purest form, and if it was done in a pure form of reinventing the wheel, this right. time it'll work. Right. This well, time. Well, this is what gets me concerned, is that the U.S. Department of Education has published a proposed rule in support of a grant program that would give money to schools that incorporate critical race theory, teaching American history. And there's that big bill that the um, Washington's going to try to pass next week. That this is what is part of that bill. <sighs> and you know, yeah. if local school boards have the authority to thumbs up or thumbs down this, yeah, this is why it is so important that people who are against this vote for the four of us. As the vice president of the union teachers said. We will have majority, yeah. and we will be able to say, not on our watch, not in our schools, not no. Not going to happen. And I can assure everyone listening and everyone who votes for me, I will not vote for critical race theory in our schools. I, I, will, I won't either. I will be a hard yeah. no. 
Yeah, as they try to infiltrate it, we've we've talked to a couple mom activists up in the Overland Park area where they tried to pass it in their curriculum, and it was like you said, it wasn't even called that. They denied it and said it wasn't in there, but yet we saw the the wording right there where it was kind of in there. They didn't let even parents know about it. It was just kind of a oh, pass through. Just hope it's not recognized or noticed, and we'll just move on about right. our day. And that's what they're trying. So there's a series of euphemisms that they use to, that they use. Okay, mm, things to look and out it's for, including. Um, Social, social justice, diversity, inclusion, culturally responsive, equity. Equity sounds non-threatening, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Let's talk about that for a second. That okay. bothers the hell out of me. But I, they confuse it with, with equity. equality. That's the thing. I mean, it used to be equality, it's and we can, equality. you know, it's not equality. It's not equality. But at, at least all. we could understand that term. When they start talking about equity, I'm curious on who thinks it's okay for themselves to be decided by the government on how much value or how much equity right. they actually have as a human being and how they're giving the government the ability to set that value. Like, would that be offensive for everybody? It is. And then when you try to separate the kids and you try to se- separate them in from oppressors, from the oppressed. Yes. And that's mental abuse. I yeah. mean, those kids don't have that mentality. That's yes. a taught. That's yes. something that you teach them and you ingrain in their exactly. in their minds. And what they also say is that equality represents mere non-discrimination and provides camouflage for white supremacy, patriarchy, and oppression. Of course. And um, those are big words for little second graders. Yeah. You know, and I did I did find on the website, on the Wichita Public School website, I had to really look and navigate, but I did find some resources for the teachers mm. on name whiteness and white supremacy. Silence reinforces racism and racial bias. Um, talk about anti-blackness and colorism. Teach kids about structural Racism. I don't know what structural racism is. Now, this is currently being taught. Yes. The, this is These stuff are... that for the teachers to learn to be able to pass along to their students. Right now. Resource yes, material. Yes, it's right there it's on their the Wichita resource. Public Schools resource. <laughs> I found it, and they say that it's not there. So I'm, I'm like, okay. And then they've got explanations of the diversity, the equity, and inclusion. It guarantees fair treatment, access, opportunity, and advancement for all. So that means if we raise, it, you know, they got to lower it. So everybody, so what happens to Johnny who is bored in school because he's very smart and he's not being challenged? Right. He's going to fall through the cracks. The potential in him that is there is not going to be discovered. Right. And he will have failure in his life. And he will have to depend upon the government because he will be somebody sitting on his couch at the age of 21, feeding off his mom and dad and collecting money from Uncle Sam. The new that American is, dream. That is not the American dream. And No, I'm sorry. I'm. It's the new dream. This, okay. <laughs> yes, the diversity. Exactly. No, that's a nightmare. It's not a dream. It's a nightmare. <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion can be presented in curriculum, new school policy, and mandated school activities. Wow. Presented as accepting and tolerant to all. There's a lot more, I could say. A lot more. Uh, The definition to a child is, this is what it looks like to be nice. This is what it looks like to be nice. Yes. Is by judging people. The identity politics, the lowest common denominator of debate, which is identity politics, of that's the way to be nice. And this is a big one. If you are a minority, system is rigged against you. Wow. That, that, That is not how... 
I see it. Teacher yeah. resources in the USD 259. We got just about a couple minutes left here, but this bleeds right into the other debate that's been ongoing, which is, of course, the LGBTQ issue. We just saw the city council vote for their non-discrimination bill as well. What are the policies right now? Because apparently that's a big issue that candidates are running on as well and that that's a big focus on the school district for children is yes. the LGBT youth that you're a victim, you're isolated, you're just, you know, everybody hates you. So just, you know, that's, I mean, that's what's being taught right now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So Nobody I'm, should hate anybody. First no, of all. I'm not, I, I'm for everybody being equal, but I'm yes. not for, um, okay, I was a college gymnast. My daughter was a division one softball player. Mm hmm for Northwestern, there is no way that we could compete against men playing sure. in our sports. I'm not for that. And I'm not for uh, co-ed bathrooms. No. That's what it would be is a co-ed bathroom. No. I'm not for. Look at that um, poor girl in Virginia that was raped. Yeah. By yeah. somebody who identified as a girl mm -hmm. but was really a guy. But when you mention those concerns, then you're just spreading fear and you're spreading hatred and bigotry. And that's the way that they try to play this. And, it's yes. again, it's not the rational argument, but it's the emotional argument that they do right. so well at. Right. And you can't look at, I mean, this is an emotional topic. It absolutely is. I'm a parent and had something happened to my sons. I mean, who says that girls can't do the same thing to boys? The same yeah. thing can happen, vice versa. And um, I would be appalled, and that is emotional. But then you got to logically think about it. If you're born a boy, you're a boy. Right. If you're born a girl, you're a girl. Sure. If you want to wear a skirt, go ahead, wear a skirt. But don't let that interfere with the academics of school. Yeah. It's, it shouldn't be a, a, it should a problem. No. It shouldn't be a conversation. It's do yeah. whatever you want to do. Let's make sure you actually understand this math problem. Uh, thank right. you. At the end of the day. I mean, that's what it is. Bottom line is academics. Bottom line. I will say that. I will stand firm on that. Bottom line is getting our kids up to grade level. Students first. Yes. Academics and curriculum. That's what it's all about. Yes. I love it. One more time. Where can people find you guys for the last week or so on the election? If people want a yard sign, if they want more information, if they want to ask you questions, how can they do so? For me, Facebook. For me, it, you can Google me. Stabler, oh, you, you, me too. Google Stabler, me. <laughs> Stabler for schools on Stabler's Facebook. for schools. Kathy Bond for USC 259. There it is. Kathy Bond, Hazel Stabler, we appreciate you guys. Good luck on the campaign trail. Thank you. Thank last you. week or so, we're going to do a last big push next week. By the way, for people that want to know the entire list, you can go, if you have Facebook, go to the Sedgwick County Republican Party page because they have come out with a list on not just USD 259, but the entire area. And you can find all the candidates for city council, for school board, for all those around here. And you can find that entire list that's promoting these commonsensical print. How dare you promote common sense? Come on, man. This is politics. You don't talk about that. You know, you cannot put politics in with a child's <laughs> life. I mean, you can't. No. Well, you shouldn't, but no, it happens. No, I, I, unfortunately it does. But my focus is definitely on the students of USD 259 and the teachers and the parents. There it is. And advancement. And advancement. There it is. We didn't even get to talk about trying to segue into higher education as well, so we'll have to do that once you guys are on the board and what we're actually <laughs> going to implement, not what we want to implement. So Thank we'll do you. it that way. Kathy, Thank Hazel, you. always great to talk to you. Thank Appreciate you so that. much, Andy. Always have a, a great pleasure. Day. Always a pleasure. We'll take a break here. We'll wrap up. we got just a couple minutes left when we come back. If you want to jump on until then, it's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. All right, welcome back into the program. Wrapping up, we got just about a minute or so left here. Always appreciate Hazel and Kathy coming on the program. Great interview. I'm telling you, this is going to be a big election. And with more people waking up and really, oh, wait a second, there's an election this year? Yeah. 
There's a big election this year. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to change this dynamic. Imagine, if you will, for the last 20 years that have been run by these left-wing progressive activists on our school boards, and some of them are city council, some of them are county commission. Imagine, if you will, we finally start ridding of those women. This, this whole pandemic where they used it as a political advantage and an opportunity to take advantage, to try and enforce more control, to try and control more individuals. Imagine, if you will, the same elected officials that have been trying to control your life over the last year because of COVID and used it as that opportunity. They're gone. And now we have actual conservatives running things at the local level. Now, remember, politics coming back to that local front. Imagine what we could do with that type of power and freedom and liberty back at the local level that we haven't had in years. The school board at USD 259 has been run by progressive left-wing activists for 20-plus years. And it's time for that to change. And if we do that now this year, imagine the shakeup it's going to have across the entire nation. Imagine the people that are standing up and saying, you know what, we're done with this crap. We're going to do something different. When you go from $12,000 per student to $20,000 per student in a year's name across the entire state is an average. And we still have 60% of students not at their grade level on educational understandings. You have a problem. I remember the last time we did school board elections a few years back on the morning program when we had that one and we talked to one of the other side of the aisle candidates and she said well we just didn't, haven't had time to see the reflection in the grades and in the test scores we haven't had time yet it's been 20 years it's been eight years and now we're at twenty thousand dollars and it still hasn't changed anything it's time for it to change right now we'll have more information on that next week it's going to be a big show next week don't miss that one plus voice of reason all week long weekdays at 4 p.m until then have a great weekend i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio Football season is here. Join the Big Talker KQAM every Friday for your high school football game of the week. Follow KQAM as we travel around South Central Kansas and bring you the best in high school football all season long. It's high school football. It's on KQAM. And it's all presented by Burwell Construction, The Glass Man, Two Brothers Barbecue, Shelter Insurance, Continental Truck Accessories, Jewelry Savers, and Maze Motors.